Jesus, Lord. I'm going to tell everyone about my Jesus. Lord, I worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name, my Jesus. I'm going to tell you about him this morning. Thank you, Jesus.
about me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Oh, he makes a way. child would have been, nobody would have believed that it would be common. You see how much the world needs Jesus. When you call evil good and good evil, but that's why attached to all of that mess, there's depression and suicide and anxiety. And all they need to do is come to Jesus. And be set free because he is the answer to every situation. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus and I just want to speak the name of Jesus till every dark Fiction starts to break, declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. 
everything that I need is in your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. What a powerful name. What an awesome name. What a great name. There's no other name under heaven like the name of Jesus. Praise God. Oh, praise God. I think about the blind man when he called him. He said, thy son of David, have mercy upon me. And Jesus heard him as Jesus was passing by. He turned around and heard him. And Jesus asked him, he said, what is it that you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, I want to be able to see. Do you want to be able to see this morning? Do you want to be able to see the things that God has for you? Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. We're going to get ready to go before him this morning in prayer to give you an opportunity to allow God to touch you this morning. And as we go before the Lord, let's remember our pastors. Let's always pray for Pastor Sister Rosa. Let's always lift them up before the Lord. Always pray for their health. Pray for their strength. Pray for their protection. Pray that God will always keep them refreshed and revived so that they can pour into our lives the things that we need from God. Also, let's remember our missionaries, Brother and Sister Tier, also Brother Michael Washington. Pray for them and their, their needs and their safety. Let's also pray for Brother Doug and Sister Ashley Smith. Let's pray that God will continue to open doors for them, bless them, keep them, provide for them also. And let's remember uh, those that are sick and, and sinning and need a touch from God. Let's remember, uh, also let's remember Hawaii. Let's remember all of our brothers and sisters and all the people in Hawaii that uh, some people have lost everything. But the only sure thing in this world is Jesus. Amen. The only sure thing. But let's pray that God will give them comfort and help them to get back on their feet and, and, and the things that they need from God. Also, Bunny Smith, she has pain in her right shoulder, so we need to pray for her as well. How many of you need something from the Lord today? Let me see signify by raising your hand. Amen. God sees your hand. He knows your need. And if you want to come to this altar, the altar's open. If you want to come down and be prayed for and prayed with. Let's go before the Lord together right now for all of these requests that I just mentioned right now. Let's pray together. Lord God, Lord Jesus, we are so grateful. We're so privileged. We're so honored to be able to come into your presence, to praise you, to worship you, to magnify your name, God, because we know, God, that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can even imagine or even think. God, I pray right now in your name, oh God, that you begin to continue to move in this service as we pray for our pastors. Brother and Sister Rosen, God, we ask you to touch them, bless them. We ask you to keep them in the palm of your hand, put angels around them daily. God, we pray for our missionaries, Brother and Sister Tear, and oh God, Michael Washington, that you will protect them, bless them, provide their needs, oh God. We pray for Brother Doug and Sister Ashley Smith, God, that you will bless their ministry, bless their work. God, continue to provide their needs. Watch over them daily. Oh, God, we pray for Bunny Smith. Lord God, they need a touch and healing in her body. We pray for the brothers and sisters in Hawaii, Lord. God, that need you right now. God, I pray that you would touch them, bring comfort to those that have lost loved ones. My God, I pray this morning, my God, for each and every person in this service that lifted their hands toward heaven today, that have a need. My God, I know you're already working on their need. I know you're already providing. I know you're already delivering. I know you're already healing. My God, I know you're already saving those that desire to be saved and be filled with your spirit. So, God, we want you to have your way today. 
Let that be a mighty outpouring today of your spirit and your anointing in this service because it's your anointing that breaks every yoke. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can we just lift our voices all over this place? Can we just lift our voices? There is a beautiful spirit here this morning. Oh, we honor you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Why don't you high-five your neighbor? Man, I am know about you, but I am so glad to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning. Praise God. I'm expecting something. Is anybody expecting anything to happen this morning? Praise God. I'm expecting something marvelous to happen this morning. I bring you greetings on behalf of my pastor, Brother Rick and Alexa Olson. We thank all of our guests that are here this morning. Can we give all of our guests Thank you so much for being here. We are honored to have you here, and we would love to uh, have an opportunity to meet and fellowship with you after service. So please, I uh, don't feel like you got to be in a rush. We do have a guest reception uh, here in the vestibule. Uh, we would like to meet you there and get to know you just a little bit. So don't be in such a don't be in a rush uh, this morning. Praise the Lord. Bring all of our greetings to. Spanish brothers and sisters, alabado, Ciel, Señor, mis amigos. God bless you guys. Praise the Lord. Do have a few announcements. Aren't we so glad to have our evangelist brother Doug and Ashley Smith with us this morning? He will be ministering to us uh, this morning as well as our 6 p.m. service, so you do not want to miss that. And I encourage you to invite somebody to come on out tonight and join us for our 6 p.m. service. Amen. I want to also make mention to Tuesday night we'll be having uh, our I Care uh, meeting here at Church of Pentecost in our FOC building, which is the brick building here on campus at 7 o'clock. Now, for those of you that don't know, I Care is really an opportunity for us as a church to, to gather on an off night, and we want to meet our new friends and folks that are new to Church of Pentecost or new to the area. Uh, we want to uh, to embrace you and have maybe some uh, have dinner with you on a Tuesday night and maybe a uh, a quieter uh, setting, uh, so please feel free to join us uh, this Tuesday at 7 p.m. here um, in the Brick Building across uh, here on campus. Uh, I want to rejoice with the Lord a little bit, just celebrate. You know, we have the uh, brother and sister, uh, missionary brother, sister Tier, our missionaries to uh, Serbia and Slovakia, and uh, they are building a church, Church of Pentecost of Slovakia. And uh, because of your giving, because of your generosity, we were able to send fifteen thousand dollars. Yes, to support that ministry. So, on behalf of our pastors, brothers and sisters, and thank you so much for all your giving towards that endeavor. Um, we look forward to—I uh, don't know about you—but I look forward to getting over there and taking a look at uh, that building when they're having the dedication. As soon as that building is completed, Amen. Praise the Lord. As we look ahead into the week. Um, on this Tuesday, I'm sorry, on this next Wednesday, we're having uh, Brother Gregory Myers from Palm Bay will be speaking in our youth service on this Wednesday. And next Sunday, everybody say, next Sunday. 
having our evangelist, Brother Nick Bahaney, in our 6, 6 p.m., excuse me, our 10 a.m. and our 6 p.m. service. Uh, so again, there is our opportunities to invite some folks out uh, to join us here at Church of Pentecost. Amen? That's all the announcements that I have this morning. If you'd like to know more about events happening here, I encourage you to check out our Church of Pentecost uh, app, download that, and get more information. Uh, if our ushers can go ahead and make their way, we can give this morning's offering. Praise the Lord. I was encouraged this morning in the book of Psalms 119 and 57. It reminds us, it says, Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I will keep thy words. And another translation simply says, Lord, you are my everything. You are my everything. So as we present our tithes, as we present our offerings to the Lord, I do not want to sit back and pretend God has not been good to me. He doesn't need our trinkets. He doesn't need our foldable money. But this is how we give. So this morning, as we prepare to give our tithes and offering, let's go before the Lord in prayer. And let's honor him with our giving this morning, shall we? Let us pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we come to you, Lord God. We know that you are absolutely everything in our life. Lord, and we honor you, Lord. We honor you for your grace and your mercy as we present our tithes and offering, Lord God, to give back to you, Lord, an abundance of the blessings that you have provided to us. Thank you for blessing our homes, our jobs, with, and businesses with growth and prosperity. We allow you to have favor with our, our employers and our employees, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that you bless this, Lord God. Bless this offering, Lord, and multiply it in your kingdom. Lord God, and may all of our giving be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. In your precious and holy name we pray, in Jesus' name. Can we put our hands together one more time? Can we just honor him with our voice? God bless. Yeah. 
worship God right now. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. It's so good to see every one of you that are here tonight, this morning in service with us. Amen. And you maybe go back to your seats. Uh, it's so good to have uh, the Smiths here with us today, our evangelists. Amen. And I was thinking about their testimonies. They have some power, they have powerful testimonies of God working in their lives. And we have heard both of them speak to us about what God has done for them. And so when they say God can work in your life, they know what they're talking about. <laughs> they know what they're talking about. If you get a chance to maybe, I don't know if it's on YouTube, your testimony, but you could probably find it out there, uh, but we are so glad. They preach for us. Uh, they are based out of Jacksonville, but they preach all over, and uh, when we get a chance for them to come by and, and be with us, we uh, are glad for them to come, and they will be again here tonight again at 6 o'clock, so you might want to come to that service also and bring somebody with you. Brother Smith, come right now. Let the Spirit of the Lord have his way. Praise the Lord, everybody. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And there is no place like God's house. The 27th Psalm, David said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? In verse 4, he said, one thing have I desired of the Lord. And that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. All the days of my life, because I know in his house anything can take place. In his house, his spirit will move. Psalm 16 and 11 said, In his presence there is fullness of joy, and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. So whatever you need from God, he is here to minister to you today. What a privilege it is to be back. At the Church of Pentecost, we love this great congregation. 
We give honor to your fine pastor and his family. Aren't you thankful for great leadership in your life? Happy to be part of what God is doing in this church and in this city and in this community. Thankful that my wife is with me and our son Shiloh. I'm especially happy that my nephew is here, Blake, and his girlfriend. Thank you for coming to worship the Lord with us today. If you would stand with me, if you have your Bibles, we're going to open and read from the book of Psalms. And we're going to begin at the 85th Psalm. We're going to start at verse number 7. And we're going to read down to verse number 10. Psalm 85, verse number 7. We're going to read down to verse number 10. And the Bible tells us this. It says, show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints. But let them not turn again to folly. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together. And I want to read that first line of verse number 10 one more time. The author states this. He says, mercy and truth are met together. And that's what I want to preach to us on today. I want to speak to us on this subject, the day mercy met truth. The day mercy met truth. Can we lift our hands to the Lord? Let's lift our voices and let's ask God to speak to our hearts. Father, in the name of Jesus, your spirit has already moved beautifully in this service. And God, you've anointed the singers and the musicians and the Sunday school teachers. And we're praying right now that you would speak to us from your word. God, speak with certainty and clarity and conviction. I will give you a praise and thanks in advance for what you are getting ready to do. In the name that's above every other name, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing with me. Well, there are times when life can seem to move so very slow. Days that can come and go and feel boring and monotonous. Sometimes it feels like just another school day, just another shift at work. But yet there are some days that will be forever remembered. Some days when something happens and transpires and it will just never be forgotten. Maybe you've had days like that before. But when we flip through the pages of our Bible, we see something like that unfolding in the book of John, the 8th chapter. We find that the congregation has come together, and Jesus is standing, and he is ministering before the people. While he is standing in front of them, the Word of the Lord tells us it was very early in the morning. I don't know about you, but I'm not much of an early riser. And so early services, sometimes I have to battle past my flesh. Sometimes people have these early, early services. 
Not long ago, we preached at an 8 a.m. service. And I'm going to tell you, it took the Holy Ghost to get me going. We're not sure exactly what time it was, but we know that it's clear that it was very early in the morning. So most likely there are some that were listening to Jesus and their eyes were beginning to close. Maybe their heads were beginning to nod, not in agreement, but they caught themselves sleeping. Sometimes I found out when people are nodding during your sermon, they're not agreeing with your message. They're trying to play off that they just fell asleep. Jesus is standing there, and all of a sudden, without any kind of warning, the back doors open up, and immediately these men begin to walk in, and they are yelling. They are screaming at the top of their lungs. You can imagine that. All the eyes began to turn to this door. What is going on? What is taking place? They're creating a commotion. They're having this moment transpire. And as they come in, they're creating quite a ruckus. And to make matters even worse, they have a woman with them. And they are dragging this woman to the front. When they get all the way to where the front of the congregation is, they take this woman and they literally throw her at the feet of Jesus. Then they say something that would forever stick in your mind. They look at this woman and turn back to the people and they say, This woman deserves to die. That'll liven up a Sunday morning service, I'm going to tell you. What is going on? I can see the confused looks. You could see the questions on people's faces. What did we just witness? But these men that were so angry and upset with this woman, they began to exclaim, we caught this woman in an immoral act. She was in an unrighteous situation. And now because of what she has done, her life deserves to end. We aren't told very much about the woman, but we do have a little insight about these men that were known as Pharisees. These were individuals whose speech was regulated to religious rhetoric. Their vision was blinded by beautiful buildings. Uh, Their focus is what, what was on the outside. They would do their level best to try to discredit, dishonor Jesus at any cost. They tried over and over again to try to entrap him, try to ensnare him and entangle him in a compromising situation. And they assumed, they thought that this was their moment. We finally have him where we want him. We see this woman that has made a mistake. She committed a sin. And now judgment needs to come forward. Now we're going to decide once and for all what is Jesus going to do. How is he going to handle this situation? These were men that were ready to condemn. 
but they didn't know Jesus was ready to forgive. I'm going to tell you, we live in a world where there are some that want to condemn you for every mistake that you make, every time that you fall, every time we stumble. We have to be careful with how hard we judge others because none of us are exempt. All of us have sinned. Romans 5 tells us that uh, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And now this scene is taking center stage. How is Jesus going to react? How is he going to reply? How is he going to respond? Jesus begins to listen to these men. He begins to hear their accusations. He begins to stoop down and write in the dirt and the dust. When he does that, he lifts up his voice and he says, He that is without sin, cast the first stone. Find me somebody that has never lost their temper. Find me somebody that never said anything they've regretted. Find me somebody that's lived a perfect, sinless life. And they are allowed to take that rock and hurl it at the woman that made a tragic mistake. The only one that could have thrown the stone was the one that was standing in front of them. But we don't see him passing judgment. Instead, we find the exact opposite. I can't speak for anybody else, but I'm thankful that we serve a God of mercy and a God of forgiveness. Psalm 86 and 5 says that he is ready to forgive. Numbers 14 and 18 says he forgives our transgression. Numbers 14 and 18 says he forgives our iniquity. Matthew 6 and 12 says he forgives our debt. Matthew 6, 14 says he forgives our trespasses. 1 John 1, 9 says he forgives our sin. Luke 23, 34 says he even forgives our ignorance. But he doesn't just forgive. 2 Chronicles 7 and 14 says he forgives and he heals. Isaiah 55 and 7 says he forgives and he pardons. Ephesians 1, 7 says he forgives and he redeems. And Hebrews 8, 12 says he forgives and he forgets. Not only does he forgive us, but he, he forgets that we ever made a mistake. He chooses not to remember that we ever fell in sin. And when the people began to leave starting at the oldest, when it got right down to where this woman was alone with Jesus, he looked at her and he said, Woman, where are thine accusers? And she looked around and said, I'm not really sure where they went. He said, Neither do I condemn you. Neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. Truth said she should have been judged. Truth said she should have been punished. Truth said that the sentence should have come to her life. But this was the day that mercy met truth. 
I'm looking for these days when I deserve to go to a devil's hell, where I deserve to be punished for my sins. But for some reason, the day came when mercy met truth, and I was given a life that I did not deserve. This morning, this very well could be the day that mercy meets truth. The day that the right word is spoken at the right moment, in the right place, at the right time. Don't discount the power of the right word. Proverbs 25 and 11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. There's a time to speak and there's a time to keep silence. I remember... When I was younger, I had a friend, a group of us that would always hang out. One friend of ours in particular, and he loved to talk. You didn't even have to ask him a question. He could start the conversation out. You wouldn't even have to address him. He would join in in the conversation. He loved to talk. It was so bad that when telemarketers would call us, we would hand him the phone. And before all was said and done, the telemarketers would hang up on him. That's how you know it's bad. But regardless of what we were talking about, didn't matter what the subject was, if it was about the latest game, or what we were going to do tomorrow, or what was going to happen this weekend, he had this natural ability to circle the conversation back to one subject. And he would always end up at the same place. He would begin to tell us about his Chevy Impala. And it's been 20 years since I've carried on a conversation with him. And I can still tell you exactly what he would say. I have a 1965 Chevy Impala with a baby blue paint job. It's got 20-inch wheels. It's got a custom lift kit, VA engine, dual exhaust. We got so tired of hearing about his 1965 Chevy Impala. Finally, one day, I said, you know what, Merle, why don't you just go on and show us this Impala? He said, well, it's at my grandpa's house right now, and I can't show it to you. And so the next time, another one of our buddies spoke up and said, you know, last time you couldn't show us, but we're here today. Why don't you let us see this car of yours? He said, well, it's raining outside, and I don't want to get wet. We looked around, the sun was shining. We said, it's not raining. He said, it's supposed to rain. And the same excuses over and over again until finally one day we met him at his house. There was the car. It had a sheet draped over it, protecting it from the weather. Finally, we got all around him and said, you know, this would be the day we would love to see this car. We've heard you talk about it so much. We want to see it with our eyes. He said, well, it's tucked in bed right now, and I don't want to wake him up. So, okay. So I looked at one of my friends, and he looked at me, and we just had an agreement right then. 
I was the distraction. And he was the one that was going to get this car, take that sheet off. So I got him turned around looking at me. About that time, my buddy went behind him, grabbed a hold of that protective cover and ripped it off. Would you believe we saw a 1992 Ford Taurus with a bump, with a busted bumper and a missing headlight? That was the furthest thing from a 1965 Chevy Impala. But you know, some people speak and it's just fake and phony. Some people speak and it's fabricated and fictitious fantasies. But when it comes to the Lord, when we begin to tell you about how great God is, we are not exaggerating His excellence. We are not inflating His importance. We are not overemphasizing His omnipotence. He really does sit high and He looks low. Heaven is His throne room and earth is His footstool. He really is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He really is the heart mender and the mind regulator and the soul satisfier and the problem fixer. He really is the great physician and He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. When it comes to him, he is the truth. John 14 and 6, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. John 8, 32, he said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Psalm 119 and 30 says, I have chosen the way of truth. 2 Corinthians 13 and 8 says, we can do nothing against the truth, but only for the truth. John 16 and 13 said, the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. John 17, 17 says, Thy word is truth. 2 Timothy 2, 15 says, To rightly divide the word of truth. Ephesians 4, 15 says, Speak the truth. But when you speak the truth, speak it in love. And when Jesus comes, His truth does not come with judgment and condemnation. But His truth, when it is spoken, it comes with grace and mercy and kindness and compassion. When His truth comes forward, it's the truth that forever changes you. It's the truth that was found in the 19th chapter of the Gospel of St. Luke. We find that the crowds have gathered around Jesus again. This time they wanted to see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Somebody said that he opened blinded eyes. Others said, but I I saw him unlock deaf ears. And another testimony would come that I even saw him made the dead come back to life. Even when they had been dead for four days, he just simply opened his mouth and said, Come forth, and they came out of the grave. What is he going to do today? What supernatural event is going to transpire today? Oh, what heavenly outpouring are we going to be able to witness today? 
uh, with the crowds gathered around him, with so many coming to see what he was going to do, we find that as he stood with crowds all around him, not far off in the distance, there was a man by the name of Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus had a desire to see Jesus. He wanted to know, can this man, can he just talk the talk or can he really walk the walk? Is he really the Christ, the Redeemer, and the Savior of the world? Or is he just another phony, just another fraud, just another politician that's got the same spiel but it's going to let us down? Zacchaeus decided, I've got to go. I've got to go myself and decide once and for all, is this really the Christ? Tried to get close, but the crowd was too big. The multitudes had gotten so large, there was no way for him to get close enough. So looking at his surroundings, he sees this sycamore tree in the distance. So he decides to go back to boyhood and he climbs the sycamore tree. He gets all the way to the top and now he's looking down. He sees Jesus in the center as he is hanging on the top of this tree. Jesus stops his sermon. He finishes his message and he turns and he looks up and he sees Zacchaeus in this tree. And he says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. Oh, I don't know about that. Jesus, you, you don't know who that man is. That man is a scoundrel. He is a cheat. You may not know him, but we know him. He is unethical. He is unrighteous. He is ungodly. There's a list of miles long of what he's done wrong and all the people he's done dirty. You don't want to be associated with him. You don't want to even be near him. And you definitely don't want to be going to his house. And When they said that, Jesus stopped. And he said, that's exactly who I need to go see. Luke 19 and 10, he said, The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Oh, those that are well don't need a physician. It's those that are sick. It's not those that never made a mistake that need a Savior. It's those that have fallen, those that are down, those that are hurting, those that are suffering, those that are broken. Those are the ones that need a Savior. And I know truth says he should be judged. But this is the day where mercy meets truth. He deserves to be judged, but mercy has come. And mercy has met truth. And instead of judgment, he's going to get salvation. You never know when the day is going to come. Mercy may be a million miles away from truth, but the Scripture says there comes a day. We're not sure how it works. 
what transpires and how it all comes to pass, but mercy and truth meet together. I'm not going to be too much longer, and the music's getting ready to come. But when I was younger in the Lord, I had a buddy of mine, and we had such a desire to preach and to minister. So coming from our background, we had such a zeal inside of us, always being in rough areas of the city and communities that were very violent and crime-filled. So we just would make up our minds on Friday and Saturday nights, we would get together and we would go downtown and we would preach on the streets. And so it was just me and him and we would go off into the middle of the canals, go off to the streets of downtown and we would just start preaching. We, we got our sermon practice in, I'm going to tell you. We just preached and preached. And I'm going to tell you, there's a message that works every time. And the apostle told us, preach Christ and him crucified. Preach that Jesus loves you when you're unlovable. That he cares for you when nobody else cares. That he believes in you in your lowest moments. Even when you don't believe in yourself. But it's Jesus that will reach down and pick you up when you are fallen. He will heal you when you are broken. He will fill you when you are empty. He will enlighten you when you are confused. He will restore you when you are fallen. He will, he will save you when you are lost, and He will keep you if you are saved. We would preach and preach. We would go into some rough parts of town, tough areas. So we had preached for a couple hours, and finally we had decided it's just about time to leave. We would pray for different ones that wanted prayer. And finally, we were walking back to our vehicles. I don't know, there was something that just came over us. It was almost like it happened at the same exact time. So why don't we just go down this alley and preach? That has to be the Holy Ghost because you don't normally go down alleys by yourself downtown. He looked at me and I looked at him and said, let's do it. Let's go. So we walked down this alley. We kind of looked around and we didn't see anybody. And, but we just felt compelled. So we just took three minutes, maybe four minutes and preached. We finally got done. So, well, it's time to go. We started walking out of this alley, and we started hearing this rustling. There was these clothes and papers. What's going on? What is that? And finally, the clothes moved away, and the papers were pushed to the side. And lo and behold, there was a man under those clothes. And he looked at us, and he said, I can't believe you came. What is it? What are you talking about? He said, I was laying here, and I was ready for my life to come to an end. I even covered myself up so that nobody could see me. He said, and I prayed. I said, God, if you're real, send somebody down this alley and tell me that you got a plan for my life. 
We didn't even see him. But I'm going to tell you, there was a God in heaven that heard that prayer and that saw him where he was. Hey, I want to tell you, there's a God today that knows where you are. And make no mistake about it, he hears every prayer that you pray. He knows every tear that we cry. He knows every thought that goes through our mind. And don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't let the world push you away. Don't let others send you another direction. Because, friend of mine, this is the day where mercy meets truth. And salvation is coming once again. Would you stand with me all across the house as every head is bowed, as every eye is closed, with nobody looking around? Would you open your heart? Would you let me pray for you today that somebody this morning, you're on the verge of making a decision. Maybe somebody here today, you've had the Holy Ghost before, but you're having these feelings of loneliness and depression. Hallelujah. I feel the Spirit of God ministering to somebody right now, somebody that you feel by yourself, not sure what to do or where to go. I've come to tell you God is reaching for you. Would you open your heart right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. God, we stand in the gap and we rebuke the devourer. We bind the adversary. We take authority over the prince and the power of the air. I pray right now to every man and woman. I pray in every young person's life that's on the verge of giving up. Somebody that is battling. You feel like you've been waging war. I'm asking right now that you would open the windows of heaven. You would wrap your arms of love around us. And somebody could find out for themselves this is the day that mercy is going to meet truth this is the day that mercy is coming to my life is there somebody that would step out of where you're standing make your way down to an altar come on somebody needs to respond today come on friend of mine why don't you come right now Woo, hallelujah. Don't you feel his presence? Don't you feel his spirit in this house? Come on, they're getting ready to sing. But I want to invite you one more time. Would you like to come? Come on, from the front to the back, from the left to the right, there's an invitation come for you today. This is the day you can find mercy. This is the day you can find grace. This is the day you can find restoration.